remember before she went on your first date. Yeah. She told me about going to meet you. <laughs> What'd she yeah. say? Tell me. Tell me what she thought. Tell me what she really thought. Um. Not. <laughs> I want to hear what she really thought. Didn't you meet on some site? Yeah, but you can okay. say like I did. I didn't have a good job. We met, or we met, we met at Tinder. Tinder, right? Yeah. 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 She said she had a date with a guy she met on Tinder, something about a writer, right? Huh? Or a game game guy. Yeah. Game guy. Game writer. Yeah. So well, he's a writer some, and he's a game designer. Yeah, yeah, so she told me about that and you had a good feeling about it. And then But what were her caveats? What was she worried about? She's like, Well, he's uh no, she didn't say anything like that. She was excited about it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, we'd have a good she said, conversation. She said, you got, yeah, she said you had a good conversation, and, and she felt really positive about it. And, you, and she was kind of like, you know, a giddy little girl, which I was really tickled about. <laughs> she was, like, kind of really excited about it, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm on the front porch, you know, where we sit yep. out there and hang out, you know. Yeah. She was telling me, yeah, such and such date. I, I don't remember if it was a weekend or It was a, a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah it was Sunday because I had a shorter shift that day and we could yeah. actually meet for dinner. So okay, I, like, I actually remember you saying it was a Sunday <laughs> now that I think about it. But yeah, um, that you guys were, were going to meet. that day. I didn't want to go. And you were new to the area. Yep. Yeah. That's what she said. I'm new to the area. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't have anything she was worried about. She was really... I hardly like killed any drifters girl since I moved into town. <laughs> what? I hardly killed any drifters since I moved into town. I'm doing all right. She was giddy about about getting to meet you. She was excited oh, uh, because her, I, she told me you guys had great conversations and for my you part, guys held held good conversations. That's very important with her, you know. Mm -hmm. Like for my part, I was definitely like not thinking she was going to hate me. I thought she was going to hate me. Oh really? So I was like, I was uh, Sunday at mattress firm. I mean, I'm using the name of the firm company. Well, whatever. Sell the mattresses, Sunday, no one came in, and so we were playing Magic, me and my coworkers. We double up on the weekends. Yeah. And we were playing a Magic card game and everything, and um, I was like having more fun doing that than thinking about going out on a date where I was probably going to embarrass the shit out of myself. You were already worried. I, yeah, I was still... So you were like, oh... I was still heavier, and I was like... Fun. I felt like I was a slug, and I was like, bless you. Oh, she was giddy about it. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> she but, was excited about it. But then, like, I, I kept telling her, I'm like, I don't think... I, it's like, I... She's on her way. I can't like cancel now, so I gotta go. Like, and so I get out there and I'm like nervous. And she comes out and has a cigarette with me, and then I knew immediately. I like in my head, there's been like storm static lightning for like yeah. when I get stressed out. Like instead of people seeing red, I see like blue lightning all the time. Yeah. And it turned into like these weird like like organic looking circuits when I saw her. No shit. I literally saw a flash of that. And ever since then, my life's been going clearer and straighter. Yeah. And, like, more organized. Well, I think there's people like, in the world, I, I've told like, our other friends this, that like, like, you're where you're meant to be when you're meant to be there. Like, you I know? feel... You because, met her when a, you needed to meet her. And because I'm around a smart person, instead of someone who's telling me to like that I'm not as smart as I think and all this stuff, and she's always put me down, um, it's like I've, I'm smarter than I've ever been in my life. Like well, you're challenged, to, well, like it's, it's I was like, saying earlier. It's not even that. It's like I can actually just unpack everything. Yeah, you don't it's have like, to and, and blame just, everything down. It's to not even, even a challenge. It's like communicate. It, I don't mean like it's not a challenge. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the, she, she can challenge me, but it's more She's like I can be, I can be too. comfortable yeah. around her instead of having to pretend um like 
way dumber. Ignorant. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to keep my head down all the time and act like a, you know, yeah, shuffle and Yeah, when we first met, I mean, he used to walk with his head down all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I remember after we'd been dating for a couple months, you saying, he's getting cuter. Yeah, because you were standing up straight. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Like, how, uh, when someone loves you, you get healthier. You yeah. Get, you get healthier. Like your your skin yeah. gets better. Everything gets better when you get. Well, that that's to those. me. That's to me is the the ultimate sign of a good relationship is when it improves both people. Well, it it should improve you know? both people. Yeah. Because you're both, um, equal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, it, and, and it like and it, 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 and you yeah. can see it in a physical, tangible way that they yeah, get prettier. You know, the whole they, or more beautiful or more handsome. They do. You, well, for the me, you complete me thing. There's something legit to that. Okay. The, it, the mental like, health is the thing that I I can't get over because like I I can complete things that would take me like a month in like a couple of days now. Yeah. You know, like my brain will do what it's supposed to instead of like giving me a good day, a bad day, bad day, bad day, good day. Well, you were coping you know. prior. Right. I was now. in zombie mode and occasionally I get a good night and I stay up all night for like maybe even 16 hours straight where I was clear, sort of clear headed. Yeah. And kind of like I do shifts, like one person would take over and they change everything I just did. Yeah. So it was like, it was Backing like, up. yeah, but I yeah. put part of my brain to sleep and I stay up for days sometimes and just be in a fugue. And try to get something done. That's how I got anything published. Your body was but just But now coping. it's like I'm, I'm actually... Now this missing piece that you needed right. is there. And it, it literally weird. completes you. Yeah. Now you feel whole and healthy. And and you can think clearer. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's like I, I actually care about myself. And it's when like, you need support, I can't use the same tactics there. I can't use the same tactics I used to use where I used to just abuse my like health and... And, and like and, and, and blow up a situation just because like I had nothing to live for it's because like, you could yeah there yeah. was a there was a crisis around here sort of and I couldn't use the tactics I, I instinctively wanted to which were just to be like uh, strapped off the cared. cliff yeah whatever. yeah I was like I, I actually care about my situation so why, why well I saw a, a video on YouTube the other day and a guy was talking about uh, he had a fear of flying mm -hmm. right and used to when he was in a, a bad stage in his life he did have a fear of flying but at the same time it was easy it was if it goes down it goes mm -hmm. down but now that he's happy in life and has that other person who fulfills him and and is looking forward to the future he's ter more terrified than ever about flying because he has, he has to something for. to live for right you know and uh, I totally get that you know yeah. like if I didn't have my husband, I don't have a clue where I'd be. I mean, honestly, if I, when I split up with, from Keith, I went into a very bad depression. Yeah. To the point where I wasn't getting out of bed to go into work, and they actually referred me to the employee assistance program and yeah. all that, because I needed it, and I'm grateful to my boss who did that, because most places, hard at the time. most places yeah. would have just fired me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, um, and so I, I will always be thankful to him. For, for doing that. For pushing you. For pushing me to do that. You, yeah. And But if I hadn't had my kids at that time, I don't know that I would have had enough behind me to keep going. Yeah. Truthfully. And it was not that I want, ever wanted to die or anything like that. I didn't. I just didn't want to well, live They anymore. gave you motivation. Yeah. They gave me motivation. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Because their dad is a douchebag. If anybody's going to help these kids grow it's up to be... be good good people it's gonna have to be me yeah so it's like I had to own it and but if I hadn't had them 
I don't know where I would have been today. Yeah, I was only as stable as I was because I was taking care of my son. Yeah. You know, like, I had to be there for him, and I had to be in the same zone, roughly, roughly same. Yeah. Uh, I was always weird, but, you know, quasi-intentionally trying to steer it a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to... I, I stayed mostly together for his sake, but when he got to be an adult, it was almost like I could take it all out of the boxes and, and take it apart, and that's, I had a little bit of a well, that breakdown. Well, when you... Know, integrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, That was when the opportunity came, though. Because like, he was older like, deep and... Deep down, I knew that it was okay to start working on that, because mm-hmm. he was older and he could kind of... And there was less stuff you had to day-to-day... Right. Yeah. You know, revolve yeah, around him. home upset, because kids... So, oh, I, that's so yeah, heartbreaking. You'd be like screaming and crying. I, I had the same thing happen with my daughter. I never wanted to beat an eight-year-old until my daughter was in fourth grade, <laughs> and I wanted to kick an eight-year-old's ass. Well, he, in order to get <laughs> I mean, into like, the, Don't say something to her, you know? <laughs> Hartford has some magnet schools, but you there's a huge waiting list if you want to go to, like, a science one, mm-hmm. right? But if you join, like, there's always openings at the culinary one. So we put him in there for like half of a year when we moved there to get him into the, the magnet program so we could transfer as a science one. Yeah. Right? Get in the door. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. So, But he had to go to an inner city culinary school and those kids were like in gangs and he was not equipped. You know, right. He was, he's, he's on the spectrum. I mean, he was dealing with his own stuff. He's on the spectrum yeah. and he could barely figure out how to walk around the building, let alone like deal with some asshole trying to push Gang around. member, yeah. 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 So that was rough that year. Yeah, and then I mean, my kids are amazing, and we both have. Well, yeah, I haven't met your son, but from what I've heard, he's amazing. He's too. a sweet kid. We all yeah. have amazing. He's, just, he's a little judgmental, uh, unfortunately. He makes up his mind and then never wants to change it. Never. Yeah. But he's usually I've helped steer him to make good, make his mind up about things in a good way. Sometimes when you're he's on the spectrum, adult. you focus on those things. You know, like it becomes your primary thought right you know? well he gets fixated yeah and right like, i told him when he was like four that uh he was playing with my cigarette smoke outside i was on a stoop yeah and uh i told him hey smoking's bad for you like don't do it so then every time i'd have a cigarette he'd get on the case for the rest of his life like yeah life forever together. and then uh one time i told him i was talking about my dad being an alcoholic i said well you shouldn't drink so he goes like three days he doesn't drink water Oh my! Like yeah, yeah, like that's how he was, and it's like oh shit, that was when you I first realized. You didn't specify what not. <laughs> that's when I had to be real careful. Like yeah. he realized he was like getting sick and taking like, everything literal. He wouldn't drink any water. Yeah, yeah, and I um, mean it's like uh, my eldest is on the spectrum too. Uh, he's not quite as literal. Literal. Yeah. But uh, a lot of that, I mean, I remember. I, you know, I, I remember when he finally understood sarcasm in the fourth grade, and it was like, I was more happy about that than him completing his homework. Cause the, the main thing with Ethan, he would have well, been very severe. Lesson, yeah, you know, it's a like, life lesson. Ethan could have been pretty severe Not four if, plus four. If, yeah. we, if I hadn't yeah. like, gotten him to accept hugs and to laugh. I, I'd push his boundaries every day a little further to mm-hmm. get him to laugh until he was about to cry and stop. Yeah. I'd, I'd go real surreal, surreal with the humor, and that's where I got a lot of the surreal... Mm-hmm. and I was always like that. But. Yeah, well, I mean, if you... Uh, it's kind of your dry p- humor, in a way. P- pushing, pushing, well, more like, more like really absurdist humor, like... Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, there's a video game he used to play called Skyrim. And I'm I like, know I'm going to play all the Skyrim. Like, you can't play any of it. I was like, actually, I was going to go play his computer. Yeah. We, you know, I, 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 we did little, like, stand-up, kind of push-shove wrestling <laughs> matches a little, but nothing harsh. Just, yeah. just getting him a little more comfortable with the physical, physical contact. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was doing a lot of that, and now he's like, she took him out of school. Like he's in school, but he's like doing homeschool. He's, he's but at the same time, people. your ex-wife kind of wanted that that lifetime story. She wants, you know? yeah, she, she wants, she wants the life she could put in a box, and then like, yeah, you know, yeah. And 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 with Daniel, I I got him in with a counselor to help him with some of the social stuff. And actually, I was the biggest thing is social stuff. Yeah, My yeah. Sister just got diagnosed with, uh, yeah, Asperger's. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, I knew growing. I mean, yeah. I've always known. I told my stepmom to get her tested. It's my half sister, but uh-huh. yeah, she just got. I mean, and I see so many, so many similarities between her and Daniel. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know. And, but, uh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, well, no, it's no. okay. I mean, uh, I remember his counselor calling me up one time and, you know, telling me what, uh, it, and he wouldn't go into detail what they discussed. He always asked Daniel's permission if there was something in particular, but he's like, he was just giving me an update and he said, you know, I want to give you a compliment. And I'm like, okay, I'll take compliments, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, you are the best type of mom for a kid like Daniel. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you're sarcastic as hell. And yeah. that's exactly what he needs. And I'm like... Well, it helps him understand it, it because it, it's more day-to-day. Yeah. Well, uh, well, not only that, it's like the way he explained it was because you're sarcastic, <coughs> he actually has to listen to the tone of your voice mm. as opposed to the words. And it helps stretch his boundaries of being less literal. Wow. When it comes to interactions, and I'm like, I can totally see that. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. because yeah, <laughs> I'm not my, changing that. Because <laughs> with my sister, everything is literal. Yeah. And when she yeah. responds, liter- literally, she has to think. I mean, it can be a yes or no question. Yeah. But she thinks so hard about the response. Right. She's a lot slower in yeah. her response. Yeah. Well, because she's analyzing everything. Well, and, and part of the the way. It's been explained to me. It's like, uh, like with Daniel, he has an auditory delay. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like the information goes in his ears, but it does a couple extra laps around his brain before it gets but to where it needs to get to, to in order it. to process yeah. it, so that he can answer. And it's like every every year with his high school teachers, I explain that to him. So if you ask him a direct question, he can answer it, but you have to give him a little give extra time. time. And yeah. if you're giving assignments out verbally. You need to make sure, you need to follow up with him and make sure he got them because of that auditory delay. If you just keep going on, yeah. he's going to completely miss it. Yeah. And um, Ethan, I learned pretty quickly that, yeah. like, you ask him a question, he'd say, well, and then you'd wait three <laughs> minutes for the answer. <laughs> and if you interrupt him, he says, well, and you had to wait another three minutes. So it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Daniel's not quite that severe, but, yeah, that was something I... Well, I mean, we always said it take. I mean, yeah. it takes her extra time because yeah. she's processing whether or no, right? Whether or not, I mean, what she says has an impact on something else. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and then also they, they, so deeply. They thinking. don't have this this internal sense of the weight of an emotion. Like they, that's why they have trouble making decisions is because they don't have that emotional response of like I want Chinese food tonight. Yeah, they don't know what they want. They're like, well, I have. Ethan will often logic it out and be like, well, I haven't had this for a while. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll decide on that. Not really. I want this. Yeah, it's not More like he like craves it because he can't sense it. It's still there. He, he might crave it and have it and be like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't, it's not linked inside. And, and, um, I, um, and he, you know, do you know who Temple Grandin is? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I know you do. Yeah. Uh, Temple Grandin is, uh, 
uh, there was a movie about her with uh, uh, Claire Danes in it. Really good movie. Oh, I know Find Claire it. Danes. Yeah, okay. But anyway, um, she is autistic, and she's, um, I think she was born in the 50s, 60s? Yeah, in the Midwest. Yeah, in the Midwest, and she actually, her mom, when she was a kid, her mom was told to put her into an institution. And yeah. her mom's like, fuck right. no. That's how it used to be. Yeah. Right. Her mom's like, fuck no. I'm not doing that to my daughter. And so her mom pushed her mm -hmm. a lot. But she actually um, became very successful redesigning uh, cattle runs for slaughterhouses. To, because to she, put them at ease. To put them at, to make the, the cattle comfortable prior to. Yeah, yeah. Because she can but visualize she, she, things she, that way. She basically said, well, when you're looking at the world from that level and you see only other cows or whatever, you're going to react a certain way. Yeah. And then anyone will be terrified, blah, blah, blah. And so right. she put herself in the shoes of the cow. And she, like, she eats meat, I guess. But she kind of wished that you didn't have to, but she was practical enough to say people eat it anyway, so we might as well make it humane for them. And it turned right. out that the farmers found out the meat tasted better when there's no adrenaline going. Yeah. And, and, and they lost less cattle for right. meat. From the weird rampages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the from stress they went yeah, under. Yeah, yeah. So, um... And she consults for, like, she makes tons of money. Yeah, yeah. She's like and, a university professor now. And, and so, um, I'd taken Daniel to an autism conference when he was 16, and she got, she was the keynote speaker. Okay. And so we got to hear her speak, and at the time, she was working with a medical institution where they were scanning her brain, um, doing, um, doing practical stuff. Yeah. And she... She had some slides of her brain when stuff was going on, and and then she would contrast it with uh, a neurotypical person's brain. And you know, when you ask her a question, what would happen is what like fires off. her whole brain would light up because the question would go everywhere. It's when a neurotypical person be it would go to the spot where it needs to be mathematical right yeah. here. From what I and then that to me is, explains the auditory delay. It's like it's literally doing so laps all around your brain. I'm yeah. not I'm not hundred percent sure yeah. but there's it might be the free prefrontal cortex yes. that is a little different with people who have this who are on the spectrum. That's what that does for rider. what that does for us, yeah, yeah, you're sitting in that front seat and you're watching through your own eyes right. from there. Yeah. And they don't have that, so they're not like filtering the stimulus the way we do. We, yeah. we have like this this mask almost that we have right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's just Yeah, and honestly, I think I'm a little on the spectrum the... sometimes cuz sometimes it just kind of falls right away, you know, but yeah. other times it's still there. So it's like I remember looking at movies and not understanding why, well, she loves him, why isn't she going back to him? You know, stuff like that. Like it was yeah. I couldn't understand basic plots of a movie and now I'm like oh, this because is why I, I, I built systems mentally about how to handle that shit I feel like I'm pretty good with that stuff but, yeah, but, but one, like, one of her points she said and this was to a, an audience of autistic people and autistic parents was that you need to push these kids yeah. you have to push them because the well, thing don't is, baby them even well, in well, society the thing is, normal it's, it's with people you know, on the spectrum unquote. is that if they are very, they love routine. They love being in their little bubble, and in order they're not to, pushed. If yeah. they're not pushed, they won't move. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was, it, it was. But but cool. when they are pushed and moved, yeah, then their capabilities become much more. Yeah. You know yeah. more than this box that we put yeah. them in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm struggling with Daniel a little bit right now. Now he is driving. Yeah. And amazing. he does have a job, but he is kind of stuck at the moment 
because because this is how it's been for a little bit. Yeah. While we've and, and granted, I mean, honestly, when Ken died, I kind of needed him in that role. But I'm like, I don't really need him there anymore. And he needs to actually expand his horizons. And the next step in life. Yeah. And, and actually get out on his own. And we haven't quite gotten there yet. So we're working on it's it. It's a process. Yes. But um, it's, it's certainly you can't interesting. Click, you know, click, click your fingers and it be done yeah. tomorrow. Everything... Everything's a process. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Pause. All right. I think we're moving on to a new topic. Yeah, we, we might shift gears. Yes, we're shifting gears. Maybe to something more interesting. Or well, no, no, know. this has all been interesting. More um, lighthearted. 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 Yeah. You think? I thought we were gonna talk about like the unending void between uh, sleep and death. <laughs> the paranormal. Oh. oh. What happened? I'm sorry. Oh, it's just my. Um, Scott told me a bedtime story last night. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have it? I want to I hear have, it. I can hear, I can read part of it. Yeah, read part of it. Do you uh, mind? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, hmm. I'm excited. He's got to do the voice. Okay, that's cool. It's, it's, it's an excerpt from my game. My oh, game, yeah, my game was like, uh, the I product of about the, uh, the 15 or so, 16 years. I know you've been working hard. Obsession and studying, uh, uh, everything. Symbol okay. sets and, and alphabets and language and semiotics and all this shit because I'm trying to create a symbol set that you can use to make powers for like RPGs and, and actually build games from structures like a programming language for, for games that you can use like at a table and just make games. Do you have a name for this? No, it's just an excerpt from uh, Oh, well the okay. game is Tribute. The game's called welcome, Tribute. ladies and gentlemen. No, no. I welcome you here tonight for an expert. Expert. Excerpt. What the fuck? Okay, here. Okay, and Excerpt. <laughs> I can't say the word. Screw it. Yeah. From That's my dear mine. friend. <laughs> no, it's uh, oh, We're recording directly from you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I welcome you here tonight to an excerpt from my dear friend Scott's game that he's been working on for 15, 16 years this plus. Should give you, this should give you. But this is a wonderful nighttime story that he's made. Uh, and due to this game, <laughs> so Suck take now. a seat, sit on back and relax, grab you a drink, and uh, okay. enjoy. This is a story of how I came to create this game. On a rainy April day in 1984, in Cleveland, Ohio, while digging for food, I happened upon a wet leathery book in a dumpster at a strip club behind the Masonic Temple, with a false paperback cover that said, So you want to be a comic, acceptable vaudeville routine. The jokes were very Jewish, but I, a Gaelic American, performed them in earnest. To the delight of my Midwestern summer audiences, I was nearly seven. As, the glor as that glorious summer faded into the bells, hoots, and hollers of boys at girls and girls at boys, I threw myself into my schoolwork. Once finished for the year, I went home and told my mother about my first day of class. <laughs> I told her I'd looked too deeply and learned too much, and that there was nothing left for the other children. She suggested a hobby. Then she beat me near to the point of death. <laughs> yeah, I love it. As I stood, nay, hovered on that prismatic and crepuscular threshold between the void and the all, I pondered. Did I have... Did I still have that half a peanut butter and Concord grape jelly sandwich in my AT lunchbox? By now it would be nice and saturated with grape, and the humidity inside the metal would, would act almost as a humidor, making for a decadent trifle, not unlike a zinger and a Twinkie combined with a sopping scarlet sauce, its peanut butter filling oozing gorgeously, bands of shimmery sheen interflecting its flow. Sheen, not unlike that area over there. Mm -hmm. 
It turned out I'd already eaten the sandwich. <laughs> so I was like on the verge of death. And that happened. Uh, so I lost the book in a police raid and moved on with my life. It was only years later that I traced this book to the Hartford Library's voluminous crap 0.000 to 0.069 stack. I, gave, I had to give the librarian named Redman a small baggie of wall plaster from a certain church to enter. It was secret. I ripped some pages out with my teeth. The vellum was tougher than it looked, and it fought back. Here are some of them. With my notes, this should explain everything. <laughs> and then it says, excerpts from the illuminated, with an apostrophe D, so Illuminati, King Kong version of the Bible, version 1081. And then yes. it says, quote, they're prostates. A little-known fact of a popular ludic xenanthropology <laughs> is that though rockets create a sociological fricative detensor space that favors the value of colonial imperialism, Dr. Aleph Shin, 45, such societies also become bellicose to a cost value of eight lots. <laughs> this is shown clearly on the exergraft as a vector would once more intersect Aleph and Shin in a strongly weighted bid towards Shin. See footnotes, appendix A, subfootnote 9. Would bo and then uh, uh, it's like ellipses, and it's like, <laughs> would bombard the, bombard the nearby galactic metatoroid with gamma radiation. This would increase the bellicose response in surviving neighbors, thus favoring an approach to cosmic transmit that was inertialist. This would mean that the socioeconomic arch complex DJD would achieve cosmic supremacy and would obtain jurisdiction over and dependence upon local terrain planetary bodies, which would facilitate their agrarian bioenslavement. On the other hand, Arch-Complex KHK, responsible for the cough vector, would obtain all stellar masses. This would lead to interstellar contests. Amen. And then there's another quote that says, Neuroxidase inhibitor from codon H5 to the plasmatic uptake channel from codon V6 of Hymenoptera chrysindae into Vespidae to increase kleptoparasiticism in the various populations, causing them to incorporate slave hive members into their own paper nests, resulting in, a new, in new materials for glorious paper lanterns just in time for the Joan Jay Festival. <laughs> this method can also be applied to the ongoing metamorphic polyprogram stage of the Brussels Initiative as well. This is all about the Illuminati's prostate. <laughs> it's the King Kong version of the Bible that the Illuminati uses. Right, yeah. They translated everything no, from the original Hebrew. No type Hebrew. of prostate. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then there's like just notes about like me decrypting the 72 Native God. Oh, monsters. go ahead. Tell me about it. It's, it's long. <laughs> nah, it kind of oh. veers off. It kind of loses the plot a little. I just so much enjoyed that, Scott. That's, that's all there is. It's like, it's like, so I found this joke book. It's like a Jewish joke book, but it had all these like ancient secrets from the Illuminati in it. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the gag there. Guys, look for his game coming yeah. soon. Yeah. You know you mm -hmm. will enjoy this. The game's garbage. actually lucid. It's just, it's like all that jargon could be made into mechanics that could be applied. Yeah. From, from well, the, the it, you know you'll it's enjoy it. A game design toolkit is what it really is. It is and very deep and enjoyable. No, I, I, I want no, you to no, look no, no, for don't do that. God's <laughs> game coming soon. You're not. It's but, 15, maybe 16 years in the process. Yeah. And in the last year, this fool has got it done. Anyhow, okay, I very good. much enjoyed that, Scott. Thank okay, you for sharing with us. It is weird. What are you <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm over we here were, cracking up. It's so wonderful. And we, we were curled curl up in bed, and he's reading this to me, and I'm like, this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> um, I, I was just uh, like. I, just, I like the idea. It's like, so okay, I, so, so this thing goes on to like how I founded like a new like continuum and stuff. It's yeah. It's called the hour continuum, which is one better than the Q continuum. 
it's like quite better. <laughs> so it's like yeah. all your timelines fighting over this game and like, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> tell me, shit. tell me that does not sound interesting. Yeah, well. Our, our, uh, Studio audience is so enjoy, oh so excited <laughs> about about receiving a, a free copy of the game. Yeah, Scott doesn't want to take compliments very well. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, he's over here pacing. Yeah, like okay, that's enough. That's, that's enough. Fine. But I yeah, am I very excited. I will tell you that I spent a lot of years really obsessed looking into some like crazy materials, and so. I, I posted in blogs and stuff about my process, and yeah. I looked crazy while I was doing it. But so you had people who were following it, too. Right, and some people said, like, you know, like, this isn't for everybody, but people it's for, oh, man, you know, like, that kind of stuff. It's really for people who want to get into game design, and they'll teach you, like, all the, the structures of the Western games. and everything. They'll teach you, like, how to, like, how, like, designing a board will change the game, and it'll tell you, like, you know, you can make your own cards, you can make, like, really any kind of game. Like, it's really yeah. a programming language. It's Turing complete. Like, it does math. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really excited about it, Scott. Um, well, I'm not, I'm it's, not it's, it's strange. It's like, you'd probably rather play the games I made from it. Like, to be honest, because it's like, it's, it's deep it's into like the master, game design shit. That's like a it's master. Like, what, it, what it's meant to do is teach people the difference between, say, like, if I have a power that's based on fire. A lot of people say, well, I have, uh, like, they think... They, they think that the power, the most important thing about the power is the fire. It's right. really just about the effect it would have on the game. So mine's, mine's all about the, the effects. And then you, you like, if you want to model fire, you, you model its ability to stick to stuff and to continue growing and Grow reproduce itself. Yeah. You, you, like, you, you, can, you can actually build those things for more fundamental pieces and understand what you're really dealing with and what a change would, would cause yeah. when you make a change in a game. So it's really about teaching. Cause and effect and all, and and to do all that. Game yeah. design uh, consulting and stuff. And, uh, I actually wrote it kind of for my son Ethan because it's it's a way to like like model emotions a lot in a lot of ways because you have to have character motivations when you're playing an RPG. Yeah, motivations. It has, it has, it has tools like, for like for for predicting like say a group response, like how they might react if they were based in fear or they're based in this. Well, that will help him in understanding reaction. It's it's an odd right. it's an odd thing. It's hard to describe, but it, it works on multiple levels from the social level down to a mechanical level. Okay, so I want some feedback. You gotta like, you gotta like the podcast, and give us a thumbs up. Rate us because this here is the next most awesome game you will you will come about. Okay, so really, his little expert. We used up all the goodwill on that. I can't say that word. Expert. It's not expert. It's excerpt. Excerpt. Yeah. Excerpt. You heard me. Excerpt. Well, this little really expert. Yeah. See, I said it wrong again. Excerpt. <laughs> for this bedtime story for his love over here. Okay. Was just <laughs> magical. It was great. I love it. So he you, is, you is. have to know that you are very special to have heard this piece of work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's continue on. He doesn't. No, you're not going to cut it. Don't cut it. I'll put it on, like, a half-hour infomercial about my game. That's fine. I don't <laughs> care. I'm just talking to our audience here. Yeah. Your audience, not mine. I'm terrible with compliments or, like, any kind of, like, Yeah, but I'm trying to teach my you, daughter you're to actually, compliments. You're actually, I mean, you're a brilliant writer. Yeah. And, and, okay, let and me I tell you about this Craigslist. <laughs> oh, my God, the Craigslist. Oh, they're wrong. 
<laughs> okay, he worked for a. Uh, he maybe mentioned it earlier yeah, in this podcast. Mattress. Yeah. Okay. He, well, he, he, he sold mattresses and mattress yeah. accessories. You know, conspiracy. So. <laughs> he had some used mattresses we were trying to get rid of. Right. So he he uh, worked for this high uh, high volume mattress seller, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. You, you already heard a firm kind of place. You heard where it was, but uh, the funniest thing I saw was this ad come out on Craigslist <laughs> uh, with code words and things to break. And you show up, and my God, you would have got that mattress for dirt cheap <laughs> if you knew what all his posts and uh, ad yeah, had to do I with just, it. They were like, brilliant. It was they amazing. I did, two of them. I did two of them. The first one actually got some results. I got yeah. people coming in specifically because of the ad. They were they were like nerds and they were getting the nerd references and they were oh, enjoying it. related to it. Second time around, I didn't really get a response because I was like, I think it was just a weird day. It was like winter and there was like no one out anyway. Yeah. And, uh, You'll have that. I, I, I did like I did Photoshop for that one. I put cartoon characters all I over remember. the place. I remember. Yeah. It's like I was going nuts. It's like the idea was that I escaped from you my mental institution. You were talking to uh, talking to a duck or something. A frog. It was a, a frog. It was a okay. frog and there was a rooster because there was a <laughs> okay, chicken place yeah. next door and I was like under the bed with chicken bones. And I was bringing a chicken smoothie. I remember. And I was going to sell you a mattress. Exactly. Uh, the idea was that I escaped from a mental institution and broke and, into and a mattress firm. That was like my whole MO. And there was Dr. Waffles chasing me. Yeah. And he was like on course to catch me by 10 o'clock or whatever the... Or 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. The place closed. And Dr. Waffles is my 15-year-old Yeah, we were just, it was just like anyway. inside jokes. And she, that was her character in a D&D game, so we were just making jokes about that. It was, Dr. It was wonderful. Dr. Wafflestein. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but the first dad, you sold some stuff because of that. Yeah, yeah. I, sold quite a bit. I had a hell of a day that day. I'd sold like yeah. $6,000, $7,000. Over some code words and, and some... Uh, and yeah, 10% mystery. off if you mention blah, blah, blah. Mystery yeah. post there, you know. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty I just, cool. I, I have fun. Like Scott is really enjoyable, you know. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a down to earth, very kind. I gotta leave. And no, <laughs> you can take these compliments. Come in. You're my friend too. Okay. 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 I I know that Janelle's my best friend, but you know what? No, fuck you then. No. No, no. <laughs> I, I look at you as as a wonderful addition to our family. Because she's my yeah, family, I'm just you in know. Her back pocket is all. No fucking problem, right? Back pocket. Yeah, just in the back right pocket, in the back leash. Just throw me in a fucking box. I don't give a shit. Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You are right on her arm, honey. Oh, you are right beside her, holding. I'm her just up. jewelry, is what I am. No, holding her up. <laughs> yeah, I'm her. I'm and her fucking leg brace. Do you remember <laughs> this whole conversation we had about complete you? You know, know yeah. Yin and Yang like here, honey. They like go to together things, perfectly. Play things the opposite way. I know you're. I love her so much. You know, devil's advocate with me, and I'm the same way sometimes. I'm just, but I'm, I'm joking though. You know, I, I know you are, but I mean, honey, he had to come up. He came over and gave her a hug. You we can't were, see this because we're on a podcast. We were at, this audio. We were at. Um, they are amazing together, and I'm so happy that you completed thank you, her. Thank you. And and take a damn compliment. Look okay, at me that, in my face. Okay. I love you, Scott. Oh. And you are my family too. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Want you to know that. Thank you. <laughs> you Thank com- you very much. You complete my best friend, and she completes you. And we were at Ruth's it's house. It's amazing. We went to her, her friend Ruth's house in yeah, Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. And I, I was Ruth like, is amazing, About too. halfway through the yeah. night, I was like, uh, so do I Do I have to go back in the box when we get home? <laughs> and, I like, and I made up this big story about how she kept me in this metal box under the garage, yeah. let me out every May 23rd just to pee in the That's sun. That's my birthday. Wow. 
interesting. May 23rd. That's uh, why she lets you why. out. That's why. Yeah, and I told her I was describing, I was describing <laughs> how I was in that box and the humidity from sweating all the, all the time because I, I get like a water feeder with like pulpy shit that I yeah. eat. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it's like, I, I was like, I was like, I'd have like a, a one inch layer thick of dead skin that would be all sopping wet. Oh, because you get out. And I'd get out and it would just like slough off in the sun and I'd be like all blue. Okay, well, here we go. And I'd go back in. And, and we talked about that because she does that all the time. All well, the time. She well, keeps me in the box. Well, you know, and the thing is, and, and you remember when we started like really getting serious, I was, it's like I called you and I called Ruth because I'm like, I, I felt guilty. Yeah. No. I, I did. Know, I know you did. I did. Because you were happy? Yeah. Yeah, but there's no, like I said earlier, I, there's, you're supposed yeah. to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Yeah, I know, but I was like, I, I, I did, but you know, it's like, I can't, but it was so fresh. There was a yeah. wound. Yeah. That, that hadn't even partially healed. Right. And, and you were so wonderful in, you know, exactly. being patient with me through all that. And, and, the thing and is, I mean, even now, I don't I guess think I'll be it's completely on. healed. Well, over. No, it probably you is. Know, it's, no. it's gonna take years yeah. for, for the scab to fall off. And, yeah. You know, um, going through your spouse <coughs> passing away is very tough. But I will say, Scott was what you needed when you needed it. Yeah. You know? And he still like, is. Like, yeah. Same. Exactly. You know, the yeah. whole thing. You're where you are. She's giving when me a different perspective on who I was. I thought I was a jerk all the time. I was just grumpy in the morning because I was being, like, if I was sick, I couldn't not drive. I had to drive four hours a day or more. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was miserable, and I was a slave, basically. So yeah. I didn't have my own money. I didn't have anything. Yeah, and she, you're going she, through she, the motions. She's, like, pointing out that I'm not that. Like, it, it's been very helpful. And, and, and I mean, Scott, since I've... I've known you since you guys have been together. I didn't know you prior, but I do know that your life has changed. Yeah. Since you've met Janelle, like I was like, pissed. there's been an overall overhaul. You I know? had to, I had to go through pretty much all the stages of growing up because I was pretty much born uh, about a year before I met her. Like if yeah. you think about it that way. Well, yeah, I was, because I was a of whole all person your... with all the things at once instead of just. Whatever was pieces at a time. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I was like that. My memory's been like slowly coming back, and I would forget like yeah. crazy amounts of stuff. But Scott, you seem even from a month ago, you seem so much more grounded and and whole. You know, Thank you. and I know that you had to go through this process. You know, because like you said, you were born a year before, and and. Uh, you know, you were still finding your footing, you know, finding right. your ground, and then you met this woman, this amazing woman, and the whole... I mean, who the hell sits there and listens to someone talk about, like, crazy shit, and, like, not leave, you know? like No, that was, she was there for you. Yeah. You know, she saw good in That's you. That's what she did. Yeah. She didn't look at you as, as broken, you know, yeah. where your, your past did look at you as broken. You know, and everybody in my life was looking at me like I was yeah some sort of liability to them or something. I was no, like, Janelle looked at you and and probably saw you. I was never you know, violent. I was always, you. I was never I was never like dangerous in any way. But everyone always assumed it was. Well, when you're crazy, people think bad, you're, you're dangerous. Yeah, that's the bad uh, stigmatism. Yeah. Stigmatism. And of course, bad you know stigma. I can act. You know I can act because like that's what that disorder is is acting in a way. Yeah. And so I would I would play it up if I was threatened. I would make people think I was dangerous. 
Back you know, off. You, get you, away you from me. You do karate, crazy, you know, instead yeah. of karate, you know. But people would take that seriously, and then they'd, well, like, it was just... Well, it's been given such a bad rep, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Janelle ever looked at you in that light at all. She always yeah. saw you as... Can we talk about someone else? <laughs> yeah, no. I know you don't like taking compliments, no, that's but okay. you know it's, what? It's very Sorry. nice, and I do appreciate all of it. Believe me, I think about it all really? the time. I I've heard you say to me like I've never had friends that were there for me or looked out for me. Well, like you know, that, like, like that, like going with a little the car extra, stuff, going an extra mile for somebody. Like everyone in my in my circle was always like, I don't know if I can help. Like yeah. I need to move. Uh, like yeah. you know anything, and I, then I'd be there to help them move. You know, right? Like, but Janelle, she has wonderful people migrate to her. Well, she, yeah. She just pulls in the best of the best, and the cream of the crop. Right. Well, and, you know? and, and I was like, I kind of, I, I, I consider it a, I, my, my special ability. Yeah. If you want to call it that. It's like, a, well, bring, everybody has I, something. I bring out the best in people. Yeah. I do. I, 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 I can so. inspire people, but she can keep them going on that course. And, like, and, I can get people yeah. fired up for like an afternoon, yeah. and then they'll forget about it the next day. I get real fired up. Yeah. I have enthusiasm, you know? But she can keep people on course. It's, it's yeah, very and 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 you know, um, you know, uh, th there was when w we first started dating. I was talking to you, and I was talking to Ruth. Now Ruth was Ken's friend. Yeah, prior to you and him yeah. getting together. Yeah, yeah. It, she was actually that's how you met Ruth. Well, no, well, no, actually, that's how I met Ken. Is I oh, met Ruth, Ruth first, Ruth, and Ruth. she introduced us. Yeah, because that was her friend. Yeah, Ken was. Yeah, 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 and she and her husband and. Well, that's why it mattered to you about yeah, because I'm like accepting him. Yeah, and and um, he won him over the first time uh, we we went, went to visit. I, just, I try to be just. And, you know, and, I'm wearing a freaking hat. <laughs> I, I try to be. <laughs> I try to be like myself because I'm like, if you're gonna hate me, you might as well hate me first, like right off the bat. Yeah, and, and, and we went out that, the yeah. first time we went down to visit <laughs> Ruth and Chip. You know, Ruth and I went out and grabbed dinner right and brought it back yeah and she's like i can tell he loves you and she's like i can tell you love her you love him i've never been so and content and, and peaceful and like, well no you, found, what the day you is. found your your soulmate yeah i mean and but people can have more than one soulmate in life have you ever heard that like i think you can yeah but i think this is the real one for me like well, yeah this is the one that like i thought i had one when i was younger but it was all superficial yeah. It's all about her and her romantic story. Well, like, the reason I wanted. say you can have more than one soulmate is because I feel like we're soulmates. Even though it's not romantic. Right. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. our souls literally match up. You yeah. know, like we're yeah. mates for life. Yeah. You know, and then there's the romantic soulmate. You can have soulmates that aren't, this is how I feel. I mean, I'm just proj projecting this to you guys. But I feel like you can have more than one soulmate. Like... You can have a best friend that's there through thick and thin, is like, you yeah. know, like a sibling or whatever. Like, Janelle is my thick and thin, thick as thieves, you know, all the sayings that you can say about friends. Janelle is my go-to bitch, let me tell you, okay? She's my go-to. <laughs> there for the end, there for it all, whatever. So, I feel like our souls match up and we're meant to have found each other in life. Yes. That, that's what soulmates when are When I first you know? met you, when yes. I first met you and I helped you sneak a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, it's the first thing I did was give you a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I just do, I give cigarettes. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, um, I just knew right off the bat that you and I had a certain, um, 
and that it, it, it's, uh, it's about the same. It's like a chemistry. We right. have the same. Um, it's like we could be siblings. Right. We have the same kind of like approach to a lot of things. You're more practical, definitely. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, we have the same prosaic look at like trauma and shit. Be like, this is just the way it is, and you have to deal with that. Right. Like, fix it instead of just dwell in it. Yeah. I think you and I had that immediately. We right match up. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and a and, lot of stuff. And, and let me interject here. When he was going through that, that five weeks of being yeah off on wherever he was. I had um, to unpack some boxes before. Yeah, yeah, but uh, do you remember what you said about her and him? Yeah, you reminded me. You looked yes. just like the first dissociative event I ever had, to be honest. I met two fairies. Yeah. <laughs> supposedly. And they came when my mom had just beaten shit out of me, locked me in a room with no furniture. It was yeah. a wooden floor. I was sleeping on the third floor. And then I felt like I was laying down. I don't know how long. Could have been like all day or even like two days. Yeah. You know, I used to pee out the window and stuff because she locked me away in a Because you were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she locked me in a room with no food and water for days. Yeah. So at one point of summer, and I was hot, and I was laying there in like underwear, skin sticking to the wooden floor. And all of a sudden, I feel like a truck go by. Yeah. Okay. I, I look up, and I see two girls about one of the they looked to be about my age oddly because they were same rough, rough same size yeah okay so they were like spirits but they were girls they're blonde and they looked like you and Kim oh really one of them didn't talk one of them did the one that talked looked like you yeah it was weird because uh, like the one who talked we, we played a game about like Candyland and like we went through like the root beer seas and like all the yeah all the shit. and then so we walked around and like it was like they were really there yeah. And one of them was there to like, observe, and they said, like, you're going to be okay, we're going to keep watching you, and all this stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh. But then when uh, we had a conversation when I was in the middle of that phase, I was like, wait, you were right next to each other. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it felt weird. It was literally there, because I've had that image in my head forever. I've, I've, had, I've, had, I've had wallpapers on my desktop of the, the, the people that looked like the two people, and just like the two of you. Yeah. Like. It's like we were meant to migrate to each other. In, in in life, I think I think in general, like all the people around, kind of, yeah, strange. It, it's like I said, like we have multiple soulmates. They don't have romantic, but I mean, you do have that romantic soulmate. But then you also have those people who are your soulmates. There, <coughs> you don't have to talk to, but you still you still connect, and and it's like you never missed a day, never missed a beat, right. You I know, have a few friends that are still like that. In times of hardship or times of, of excitement, those people are your go-to. Yeah. A lot of my you friends know? have turned into, like, good-time friends, unfortunately. But I have one friend who doesn't have a lot of time because he's dealing with his wife who's got actual uh, bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So he's got that life. He's got his kids that are teenagers and dating. And he's got to go, In like, the day -to -day go like practically beat up the boyfriend half the time. And yeah. Like, you know, like, he's got to be that kind of dad. And, uh, but we used to talk all the time. I'd help him with his games and his stories and stuff. Like, I remember one time he called me to ask me if he could use my game, reference my game, in his book, his novel. Yeah. Because, like, he's, he's got a series of novels and shit. So, like, we're good friends. I can't talk to him as much anymore. But this other friend of mine, who was a lot closer before, because I helped him through his shitty marriage, because I was, like, supportive. Well, sometimes you're supportive and they're not there when you he's need so, them. He's still good and all, but he's, he's living his life and he's not as available. So I don't have too many of those friends anymore, to be honest. I used to have a ton, like, not a ton, but enough that I could talk to someone every night of the week. Yeah. Um, and, like, like one couple kind of just totally screwed me over. The one that said I could stay with them and then and changed it. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's just bad. 
Like, yeah. I thought he was my brother. I thought he was my male soulmate. But yeah, but I, I will say I was like I got a real kick out of it. It was it was the night we had gone over to, to my your house, house and yeah. then talked to you and he came back. <laughs> I told her about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the first one I had, and then after that, uh, the the one that stayed with me my whole life, Manny, basically. It was sort of like, I guess, my... My mom used to read the Bible to me from dawn till dusk, so it was sort of my idea of, like, a brutal, like, war-torn Christ. Yeah. Like, I called him Manny, and he was the guy who was always kind of grumpy, but he would try to bring you up a little bit. He'd sit there and have a drink or, or give you cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. Um, he'd, he'd give you five bucks for whatever addiction you had, you know. So, maybe you'll meet him one day. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I felt like almost so after, shortly after we had that conversation this summer, I set off some bottle rocks. It felt like he left. He was oh, ready really? to go. He was ready to go. He's like, you're good now. Leave It was there yeah. for that support. Yeah. 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 There, was one night, night. there was one Wait. night soon after that where you would cycle through, like, several different... Um, whole bunch of people, oh, really. I, I kind of went through, like, this thing where, like, there was no one in the in the passenger yeah. seats, and it felt like all these people were getting in. Yeah. And I was like, there's no one, new people were showing up. I was like, oh, I thought I was better. But yeah. But then they, they faded out, and I got better. Yeah. But it was yeah. like it was like a last burst, because I had to dig through some boxes to make sure I'd be mostly sane when we got married. But have, have you ever had the feeling, like, I remember I was like, you know, 12 years old and met this girl at the pool, but I swear I had met her before. Yeah. I knew yeah. I knew her. Yeah. When you know I saw I mean? her, I knew I knew her forever. You know? And, and I'm, it's almost dream. like that deja vu, but no, yeah. I know yeah. you, you from somewhere. About, I know you from the, somewhere. The you know? dream, but she told me like a couple weeks into our relationship about a dream she had and that I looked like the guy or had the essence of the guy. Oh, yeah. She and I both have this, yeah. I mean, this psychic like ability it's not so much like you're a psychic but no. dreams matter yeah, yeah. well it, oh, it, yeah. to me it, it, or it's feelings matter you the know story, like, the story that she, they come you true liked, you know what I mean that novel came from a dream the the novel that I that you like that I haven't finished yeah but uh, well yeah I mean I've just a few weeks in I, I mean I've had the whole I know you're pregnant before you're pregnant oh with, yeah you know, six people. Who I knew were when close every. I knew when he was conceived, and I knew when my ex was conceived. Yeah, but I had a dream, two two different occasions. My husband wrecked in a car, and I dreamt about it the night before. Yeah. One of those occasions, I warned him to be careful, and then he turned around back for his wallet. You know, which is like I'm superstitious. You don't turn around. You know, like right. take a different route home. I don't know, mm -hmm. but he got ran off the road. And, and hit a tree, you yeah. know. I, and I, I had just dreamt about it. I it was so crazy. About our neighbor dying in a car crash, and I didn't tell her, and she did. Yeah. Like it was a car crash in an intersection, and she died a couple weeks later with that. I was like, I could have said something, but I felt like it would be weird to say something like that. My, my a lot first, of those. I buy houses. Buy houses <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> well, no. Um, it's not. It's not so much in my dreams usually. Occasionally, yeah. I have dreams, but sometimes I just get a feeling. Yeah. It's and like you know. You well, know. And, and look, I've bought two houses in my life, and both times this is exactly what happened: is that I would drive by the house that wasn't for sale, and I'd be like, you know what? If ever that house goes on for sale, I want to check it out. Yeah. And eventually, both houses that went for sale went on the market. Went on the market and went and checked it out and ended up buying it. I literally, I literally have bought. I have looked at two houses in my life, and I've bought. Two houses in my life. Uh, 
and it was the same thing both times. It's like I would drive by it for years sometimes. The, the house we're in now, I, I drove by for 15, well, okay, uh, 13 years. I saw this house yeah, well before. 13 it years because it was on my way to work. You know what's back. crazy is I said, man, Tim would love that house with that yeah. three-bay garage. And, and I'm like, it, and it's like I saw it going for sale, and Ken and I were like kind of looking to upgrade a little bit. Oh, and yeah, I remember you I just had, I was on the phone, knew. I was on the phone with my mom, and I, because I looked it up on Zillow a couple times, and I'm like, okay, Ken won't deal, Ken won't deal with that price, and they had dropped the price, like, $39,000, because I wanted to sell, and I'm like, ah! and I called the real estate agent the next day, and, yeah. You went and looked at it before he did. I did, and he got pissed off at me. But you knew, like you yeah, knew. I knew, I knew, and I and it's like he got pissed off at me because he was concerned that I fell in love with the house beforehand, and I'd be disappointed if he didn't like it, and blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, look, if you want to miss out on this house because you're pissed off at me, then go ahead and do it. I can stay in the car, and you can go look at the house yourself. All right. Yeah. And yeah. so he he begrudgingly went and looked at the house, and, and he fell in love. Yeah. With <laughs> <laughs> he called it his castle, and and, and yeah, so we ended up getting the house. It. But I mean, it was just uh, that's. Just, but I mean, I've always, I've, 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 you know, it's like I knew before I married Ken that he was going to die early. I didn't know it was going to be this early. Well, I knew you told me for years. Yeah, about um, I, I told your I told I told it. people before I married him that was one my one big concern about marrying but him. But what you was had said was die. Yeah. What you had said was that you wanted to you were his family and and you wanted to give him the best that he could have prior to that happening yeah and you loved him and you wanted to wanted to provide him with that happiness before yeah. he did pass yeah and and you did yeah it's kind of crazy that that all like literally fell into place yeah even after those you know, premonitions and thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggled with that. I struggled I, with that. Yeah, I know, because you, you have mentioned, I mean, I didn't go to your wedding. I met you yeah, afterwards. But, yeah. But I do know that you had said prior to the wedding that um, you struggled with it because um, you knew that he wasn't going to be there forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but you were going to, you were going to enjoy what little time you had. Yeah. And then, and then what happens? It's like, Wow. Yeah. My my first premonition, like dream, mine are mine are normally dreams. Uh -huh. So I was, you know, fourteen years old, fifteen years old, maybe sixteen. I was in high school, and I went and spent the night at this girl's house. So I wasn't at home, right? And I had this horrible dream that my friend back in Virginia, my best friend, my childhood friend, had had a car wreck, and that she died, and I had to go view the body, you know. And it was this big thing, and her family was all there. But for some reason, I had to fly back to Virginia. I woke up, like, in a in a huge sweat. I woke up in this horrible sweat, and she's like, what's wrong? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I, and I finally, it takes, like, five minutes, but I recognize who she is because I was so out of, out of my head. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and um... I, I tell her what happens, but it's, like, weighing on me so bad, like, it was real. You know, like, I, I get that it was a dream, but I have this really bad feeling. My heart is sinking, you know? Yeah. And I feel so awful about it. 
Anyhow, so I feel so, my heart feels so heavy about it. I go home and I tell my mom, and this is back in the day when you had to, like, pay for long-distance calling. Uh -huh. And yeah. my mom is like, if it's upsetting you so bad, just call her, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I just had this horrible dream, and my heart is sunk right. thinking that my friend is dead. Like, it was so real. Anyhow, so it's so real, right? And... Sorry. Anyhow, so it's so real, uh -huh. right? And I go and tell my mom, and she's like, if it's, such, if it's bothering you so bad, just go ahead and call her. Yeah. And it was long distance. It was a big deal. I had to ask permission to call long distance. I call, and her mamma answers the phone, which is her grandma. Uh -huh. She doesn't live there. Right. She shouldn't answer the phone. Right. And she's like, oh, Canvas. And she sounds so upset. Oh. And she's like, Jackie was in the car accident. Her neck is broke. They don't know if she's going to make it. She's at the hospital. Oh, God. So I'm, like, floored. You know, in my heart, it's like, I know. I just saw her die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, and it was so real to me. I was, yeah. And so then I'm like, please keep me updated. Right, right. You know, whatever. But that was my first experience with, like, knowing something yeah. happened prior to it happening you know what I mean yeah and then shortly after that my friend her older sister I dreamed that she uh got pregnant and had a little boy yeah and it was two weeks later it was announced she was pregnant yeah you know and like 15 weeks later it was a boy yeah you know so that was kind of cool you yeah, know that, that was a good one I kind of so six pregnancies I've seen before it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but the one with my best best childhood friend, you yeah. know, that one was scary. Yeah, no, that because yeah. I I like felt it, yeah. you know, like I knew something was wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I've had those ones where it's bad and then it happens and then I've had it as good and it happens, you know, yeah. like pregnancy or marriage or you know, whatever. Yeah, well, I, like, I, I used to notice in, it was really in high school that I really started noticing that I would know things about people in my class that I shouldn't have known. Yeah. There was no way I could have known. Yeah. But I knew them. Anyway, and it was, it was the type of thing where I realized I really had to watch my tongue because I would say something that I, about something I wasn't supposed to know, and they'd be like, how the hell did you know that? Like, like wait a minute, are you a stalker? Um, yeah, yeah, and um, like, and when I actually when I was married to Keith, it was kind of like a lot of that was suppressed, put on hold. It was, it yeah. was, and when I got away from him, the first guy I dated seriously after I met him, I had I, at least in my mind, I thought he told me he had a heart condition. Yeah. And we're still friends now, but it was like after we'd broken up, and that was a whole other side. I had nothing to do with me or him in a way. Yeah, but um, but you it broke just, it off. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it wasn't able to work, and um, but we're still friends. You and made friends. And he he had called me and said, "Hey, Janelle, I just found out I got diagnosed with this heart condition," and I'm sitting here on the phone thinking, "But I knew about that. that. Yeah, I thought you told me about that. Yeah, how did you not know that?" <laughs> Yeah, because you, you already felt like you knew that. Yeah, no, I did, I did. Like, you already told me this already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. But, I mean, I was like, I was like, there's certain people I ping on. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and it's like, 
you know, with Ken and knowing he was going to die early, that was, it was hard. I didn't think it would be that early. I didn't have a timeline for that. But I knew. You just knew it wasn't I was, forever. I yeah. knew I was going to outlive him by a lot. Yeah. And, and, uh, and when, in that, when he asked me to marry him, I was like, I really struggled. I did. And, and I did. I came to the decision. It's like, you know what? Even if he's only here for a short time, I'm going to be the best damn wife I can be to him and make him happy. Because he deserved it. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And he was. Because you did love him. Yeah. Yeah. Loved him. yeah. I'll be back <laughs> in a moment, momentary break. <laughs> I'll be back in a moment. In the meantime, we're talking about some of our uh, psychic abilities or tendencies. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Whatever this may be. Yeah. And, and, uh, like, and honestly, I don't know if it's psychic, but it's more... Well, well okay. Know, I, it's like back, I you know, there, part of the reason I started going to the church that we go to. Yeah. And and I'm like I've I've had some serious issues. I I like I was kicked out of a youth group, a church youth group in college because I asked too many questions. Um, I had stopped going to church for about 13 years. Well, sometimes there's people in life that push you away from church. Yeah, and 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 it was like it was a situation like that. It's like there was a pedophile who. Uh, abused my son and every, uh, half the church knew that he was a pedophile and didn't bother to tell me and uh, because they didn't want to be gossips and I'm like fuck church anyway <laughs> no, I, <laughs> so I stopped going for quite a few years my son is fine he doesn't even remember any of it so it's all good but he does know that it happened because we had that conversation when he turned to 18 he's like I don't remember any of that I'm like that's good but yeah. just so you know, this is what happened. I mean, it was a whole thing where the guy got arrested for abusing another kid, and I had to take my son to SLED, which is in South Carolina. That's the what's South that? Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Division. Yeah, yeah it's where they yeah. do background checks. Right. Yeah, and he had to get interviewed and see if they could press charges and this whole thing and blah blah blah. The dude's in jail. He's not getting out. So that's Can good. Can I ask you? Uh, yeah. What church? Huh? That, I mean, that don't church put it on there, but I'm wondering because I had people who also had something similar happen to them. Um, it was one. I don't know if it was that molested 16 kids. He's a he's a predator, mm -hmm. not a pedophile, a predator. You know, and and uh, I knew the guy had been in jail, but he'd given me the impression that he was in jail for drugs, and he clearly wasn't on drugs anymore, so I didn't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's that's. Uh, story for another time that I really care, but but because of that, I was pissed off and I, I didn't go to church for about thank you so much. So. I don't know, ten years or so. Yeah. And when oh I, I felt like it was actually about six months before my mom died, I was I felt like I was being pushed to go back to church because I grew up going to church, and I missed it, and and. A bunch of my friends from Cub Scouts were all suddenly going to this really cool church yeah. in town, and I'm like, okay, what the hell is this about, right? And so I had called a friend up, and I asked her, because she was just as damn cynical as I was, and I'm like, you're going there, what the hell is the deal with this church? And she's like, you'll love it. And I'm like, uh, alright. And so I, I, I went, and uh, part of what I did there was I went... I, I went to some counseling to try and work through some of my issues with that, with, with, with church in general and with, you know, not treating Ken like my first husband and, you know, a few other things like that. And uh, it helped. Yeah. And 
I don't remember what the point of this story was, but I will tell you. Oh, that church. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, 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 I will. Oh, I know. I know what it was. Part of those counseling things. She, I was telling her these stories about, you know, how I bought the house and how, you know, sometimes I could see the thing. And she's like, yeah. she looked at me and she said, you have the gift of prophecy. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It was the first time I that somebody actually acknowledged that there was something there. I, I was it, that meant that. a hell of a lot to me. Like somebody saw that. The, yeah. The truth that was there. Yeah. That was like that I'm not making shit up and that this is really what happened yeah. and she was just very mad it's like you have the gift of prophecy <coughs> and I'm like oh okay I can deal with that I've, I've always lived by like dreams and a lot of my stuff would come to me as I was about to fall asleep yeah as I was about to fall asleep I'd uh I'd have like a vision or an image of something like a mm-hmm like a uh, computer interface or something and then yeah. I end up working there three months later like, yeah. using that exact computer interface mm -hmm. it's usually deja vu about something kind of incidental about a big part of my yeah. life and I do remember there are a few times like I remember being with you like, that thing that happened in the summer and it was like a real memory yeah and uh, well I was like I remember really the first times that I had um the, the first time that I really felt that was, I mean, it was stupid shit. It was like seeing the school bus come around the corner before it came around the corner. And then seeing videos premiere on MTV six months before they premiered. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It was like, just dumb stuff. news headlines ten years before they happened. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was like, I was like, how is this helpful at all? But I think it kind of gives you, it, 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 it's kind of a foundation to, like, get you when it comes to the big stuff to maybe yeah. listen to it. I don't know. I feel like that, you know, most people would have these abilities if they weren't um, limited, mm -hmm. limiting themselves. Yeah. It's like, it's like when there's less containment or something, you notice things. Yeah. But when, you know, cause it's, like, it's almost like you already know them. But mm -hmm. for me, the like, past few years of learning has always been like remembering. When I learned something completely yeah. new, it's like I remembered it yeah. rather than I learned it. That's why I learned quickly. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I think our, our, there's more going on. I, I, sometimes I think the brain's more like a radio that's tuned in than a storage device. Well, and I think a lot of those things that happen are, at least for me, have been to kick me in the ass and get me to listen more. And, and, and it's honestly, you know, with everything that happened with Ken, it was like if that had not happened that way, I wouldn't have been nearly as open to you as I was. And I, it was you are the first relationship I can honestly say that I went more with my gut than I did my head, and I'm so glad I did because my gut is right all the time. And I will talk myself out of it because it's not practical or it's not, you know, and, and I, it's like, life is too short to, to live with logical all the time. Right. <laughs> For me, logic is best when it's used to, like, help you get out of a situation, but you should choose to go into that situation. Like, yeah. you should choose, like, yeah. if there's a trouble ahead, but there's 
good stuff beyond that. Yeah. Go right through and then solve the problems as they're in front of you rather than talk yourself yeah. out of doing it in the first place. And on that note, we're going to end this episode. Thank you. A special thank you to Candace Whitfield for joining us this week and for Christopher Darwin, as always, for doing our intro music. Um, we would love to hear from y'all. Uh, our email is loveandmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're uh, listening to us on iTunes or one of those other players out there, uh, we'd appreciate a, a review and comments and and all that. Thank you so much, and you all have a great week.